Welcome to the M&A Cornercast, a podcast focused on the world of mergers and acquisitions. Helping inform the business owners and advisors we work with every day. I'm your host, Chuck Dallas. I have more than 10 years of experience with mergers and acquisitions, both from a corporate perspective and as an outside advisor. On today's podcast, we welcome back Scott Bushke, managing partner and founder of Cornerstone Business Services. You might remember we've had Scott in before for prior episodes, talking about the current state of the market in 2020 and also the critical role of business valuations in M&A. Today, we're talking to Scott about a recent article that he wrote titled The Four P's of Selling a Business. So, Scott, this article talks about the four P's of marketing, which are product, placement, price, and promotion, otherwise known as the marketing mix. In your own perspective on the four P's of selling a business, which are people, performance, potential, and price. Can you take us through the first P and why are people so critical in the sale of a business? Sure. No, thanks, Chuck. You know, people, at the end of the day, all businesses typically come back to people. You know, unless you've got some software that just runs on its own, 95 probably percent of the businesses out there, if the people walk out the door, you you probably don't have a business the next day. So I I would say that, uh, you know, not only the people on the shop floor or behind the counters or whatever it might be or or in the cubicles, but but really the, the management team. You know, what we see where the values really come in is, how much of the business is the owner yep. versus how much of the business is the, the management team or the key employees, depending on the size of the company. So right. the more that uh, I mean, you could have a very successful business that makes a bunch of money, but you really haven't taken the time to invest, you know, whether it's just not your strength or you haven't brought in the right investments to, to train people up uh, and coach up your management team. You can make a bunch of money, but you're still not might not get that high multiple that others might get at, at the same size EBITDA or, or margins that you have. So because at the end of the day, again, a buyer's going to look at it going, what's my risk? And right. if Chuck's the owner of this company and he leaves after sale. Now, even if I've got a five year employment agreement with you, you know, people change their mind after a bunch of money goes into yep. their bank account or. You know, you get hit by the proverbial bus, you know, right. you not, you know. all of a sudden, geez, just Chuck just dropped out of a heart attack, you know, two weeks after I bought the company, what did I buy? You know, yep. because you were the business and that's a scary place to be as a buyer. So to, to negate that risk, either I'm going to lower the value or put more of my purchase price on an earnout to say, right. Hey, as long as you stay there and the business is what you say, and you can help me, I'm going to pay you that price just over a period of probably two, three years. Right. Or you're going to take the time to train your people up and go, okay, yeah, Chuck's part of the business, but he's really worked himself out of the business over the last two, three, four, five years. And he's got a proven management team here that's run the business, grown the business, answers, you know, has relationships with the customers. That's a much more saleable company. I'm going to pay more for that because even if Chuck wants to stay or Chuck goes, I know I've got a team here that has relationships with the customers. They know how to run the business. They've done it for multiple years and they've got good 10 years. So I think yeah, people is probably the number one key area that you really need to look at when when you're preparing your company for sale. Or if you're looking to buy a company, you know, too many buyers get caught up in, boy, look at the margin of this thing and it's great. But if they don't look at things that aren't on the P&L or aren't on the balance sheet, right. they can really get in trouble, you know, in a very quick time frame. Those key employees, those that management team that you talk about, so important for that transition, for that to be successful 
if you can get their buy-in, then you're going to have success versus the owner leaving. Yeah, and I think not only the people being there and trained up, but also the culture. You know, what is your culture versus the culture that you're buying? Again, on on the flip side, most sell sellers, you know, they want to maintain that culture or that legacy that they had there. And so for some, it's higher on the list and, and others it's not. But on the buy side, again, when we're talking to our buyer clients, that's one of the things that we preach is that, look, you can't get caught up in the numbers or the synergies. You know, they've got to be there. And it's got to make sense. But if that culture doesn't work, that's, you know, like they, I think they say 70 or 80 percent of acquisitions don't live up to the expectations. It's not that they fail. They just were one plus one equals four. Maybe it only equaled three or two and right. a half. Yeah. And most of those times is. How well did they do the post integration? Did they really take the time to integrate the companies well together? And did the cultures really fit and, and were a hand in glove? Or was it oil and water and you really had to fight to, to, to try to figure out which is going to win and, and who's going to, you know, you're going to get key people leaving if they don't like the new culture or whatever else it might be. So, yeah, people is definitely one that uh, you want to take a look at both from the sell side and preparing and on the buy side of, of that key asset being there after the sale. Right. Okay. Great advice. So the the next P out of the four P's is performance. How does performance come into play when we're looking to sell the business? So buyers are, are going to look at the company and they're going to look at typically the last three years, but they're putting the most weight on the last 12 months. And not even, you know, we're sitting here in June of 2020. They, they're not even going to put the weight on 2019 anymore, the last calendar year. They're going to look at what were the last seven months of, of 2020. 2019 and the first five months of, of 2020. That's sure. And they might put 100% of the weight on that. So again, you could be in business for 20, 30, 40 years. If you're not planning and knowing when you're going to exit and, and planning for that and kind of finishing strong, like we talked about before, right? and you all of a sudden all your performance or trends are down, I might buy that. I still might buy your company. I might not buy your company anymore, but even if I still buy it, I've got to look at, okay, I've got to how far is this thing going to die before I can turn it around and get it to come back up? So I'm not even going to offer a value at where you're at today. I might offer it a little bit less because I, I don't know how long it's going to take to, to stop that train that's going in the wrong direction. Right. So what are the trends? What are the margins? You know, as you grow, you should get some economies. Your gross margin should go up a little bit. You know, if you're growing top selling sales, but your margins are going down, what that's telling me as a buyer, well, yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're growing, but they're just giving their business away or they're really, you know, they're getting on thinner and thinner margins. And I don't like yeah. that as a buyer because I want my margins to be getting stronger, not not less. Right. So is that really good business that you're going after? You know, I just saw another webinar that talked about uh, revenue is vanity, profit is sanity. You know, <laughs> it, you know, it, so it's, it's really about what are the margins at the end of the day. Right. And, and a lot of people will see even margins around 10 percent. Again, every, all industries are different, but. That's kind of the average. So if you're below 10%, if you're in single digits, what can you do to get that up? You know, what are you, can you get those trends moving in the right direction? And same thing with, uh, you know, just the overall performance of the company. Because if you're trending down or, you're, you know, your sales are trending down, your margins are trending down, think about that. Would you want to buy that company as a right. buyer? You know, yeah, what, what exactly. you know, there still could be some synergies there, but you still, you're not going to offer up a premium where if you can show me that things are trending up, and you've got a growth story and I right. buy into that, I might pay you for some of that. Now, I might not want to, but if I got three or four other buyers around the table, I might have to. And I can see, yeah, I can pay a little bit higher multiple because look where the company's going. And after a year from now, the EBIT will be at X and I'll be able to get, you know, recoup some of that money and, and have a lower multiple after, you know, after a year as the company continues to grow. So if you can show me that it's growing and I can see it growing, that's one thing. If, if it's going down, 
I'm also going to you know be a worst case scenario because I'm putting my money you know on the line in a personal right. guarantee or you know depending on who it is or what it is they'll put a bunch of debt on it. I'm going to make sure that I got enough room there that if the company takes another hit or two, I, I still have enough cushion to, to turn this thing around and, and not uh, sink the ship, so to speak. Right. Well, and and I've heard you talk about this. It's it's so important for a business owner that's looking to sell. Keep your foot on the gas pedal. Correct. So so your performance is there. So you look strong, uh, like you say in in the short term, and. You know, what we find, or I think what you see, Scott, is our, our next P is potential, which kind of talks about that growth. Some of those owners are so tired that they they know there's growth opportunities, but they just don't have enough in the tank to, to do it again, right? Right, exactly. And, and that's where we see that, uh, you know, with that potential, if it's something that's not, if you can't talk to it and you could, you know, because the last thing you want to show is, well, I'm going down in sales and profits, but if you buy, you know, kind of that way they call it the hockey stick production, yeah, right. it's going down, but now it's going to shoot up because you buy it. And I want this big multiple because, you know, you're going to do all this stuff and, and you're going to buy it. So, yeah, the potential has got to be there is having some gas in the tank. You know, run the business and, you know, finish on a high note. You know, the best time to sell your business is when you don't have to sell. Right. Because yeah. now you have that mental leverage of, hey, if I don't sell, things are going good and I'll keep running it. Yep. But unfortunately, most people wait until... They really have to sell. And it's not that they're, you know, they're dying of, of, of a sickness, but it's just that it's not fun anymore. Or, you know, boy, I'm in my late 60s or 70s and I, I kind of miss my window of really traveling the world or doing some of the things I wanted to do. And and they just want to get out now. And when they meet with that buyer, you know, we can protect them all we want. And we, you know, we're that leverage or the, uh, we're the, uh, the cushion in between them or, or the buffer, I should say, in between them to say, okay, you know, We'll kind of keep your emotions, you know, behind the curtain a little bit, Mister, Mrs. Seller, so the buyer doesn't see that. But at some point, they're going to come out on a call, or, or you know, and we can only protect so much. And if you just are ready to be done, it, buyers are going to hear that, see that, and they're going to adjust accordingly. They, they, you know, they like it when people are really excited about the future and some of the potential. What you're seeing a lot right now is that you mentioned the people that boy, I see this huge opportunity, but I'm at an age where do I really want to double down on, on everything right. that I'm doing right now? Yep. So what they're doing is going, hey, maybe I'll sell, maybe I'll sell 70% of my company, take those chips off the table. Now my net number, you know, equals my lifestyle number. So my lifestyle set up. If, if all else fails, the world ends tomorrow, I've got or my business ends tomorrow, I've got enough money to do what I want to do for myself, yep. my family, my community, and whatever else it is. But they'll say, you know, wow, you know, I don't want to put down another five, $10 million of debt and a personal guarantee or whatever it might be. Right. I'm pretty sure I could knock it out of the park, but what if? Yep. At 62, what if I don't? Now I've run my business for 25 years. I got good equity in it now. And if this doesn't work out, I've got no equity in it. And at the end of the day, yep. do I want to work for 30 years for nothing? So what a lot of them are doing is selling to a family office or a private equity firm and going, hey, Chuck, buy 70% of my company. I'll retain 30% in the, in the company. Yep. But now no personal guarantees for me. No other real risk. If every, like I said, if everything else fails, I still got my seventy percent of the bank. You can't come yep. back after that. You know that money. And now I kind of have like you're at the casino and you you kind of want a few hands of blackjack. You put your money in back in the pocket of what you came with. <laughs> right. And now you're playing with the casino's money a little bit. It's a little <laughs> yeah. more fun. You can do a little bit more. And 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 now it's like, hey, let's let's try to go for the home run and see what right. we can do with that. And, and you you have more fun. You can be a little bit more aggressive. It gets you back. You know what you really wanted to do in the first place. 
And maybe now five, seven years later, you sell the company a second time, kind of we call it the second bite at the apple. Sure. And now maybe that 30% is worth as much as the 70% was the first time yep. or more, or even it's worth half of that. You know, you, you took your risk up the table, you were able to take advantage of that opportunity, you continue right. to build your legacy, and you made money along the way. So you had a salary, you had benefits for that those five years. So really that 70% that you put away, you didn't have to touch it. Yep. And hopefully that continued to grow and, and grow and grow. And now you get another bite at the apple, whatever that is. And now you can truly move into uh, into retirement. There's people here in town that uh, you know took over a family owned business uh, at 4 million in sales, grew it up, successfully, you know, did, did a recap with a private equity group, built that one up, did another recap with a private equity group, <laughs> kept rolling over equity. I think three different private equity groups later, maybe four, they sold it and the company's doing 400 million in sales. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. So, and brilliant guy, really sharp guy. Now he sits on more nonprofit boards and corporate <laughs> boards. He can't sit still, but you know, he wouldn't have been able to do that with just his family right. money and, and getting money from the bank here in town and stuff along that line. So, they helped him grow through acquisition. And, you know, he was the one that said, hey, that would be a good company to acquire. Sure. Okay, we'll go get that and, and jump on it and, and go from there. So, you know, having that potential and, and be able to yeah. talk to it and then ideally, you know, standing behind it with either rolling over some equity. Right. Um, yeah, I'll take it earn out because I know it's I know that's real. You know, as long as yeah, I can help you get there. And it helps you get that overall best value because the buyer's going, boy, he tells about this big opportunity head on, but he wants all cash at close. Right. Those two things aren't driving, you know, unless there's a health reason or something like that. But when yeah. you say, yeah, I'm willing to bet on the potential of it in some part of the structure of the deal, then, you know, the buyers are usually willing to either, A, your company's more saleable and you're probably going to get a little bit better value for that. Right. Nope. And let's see our fourth P, which is probably important to many sellers, price. How yes. does price come into play? Well, it's interesting with price, you know, this is one thing. Unlike the sale of your house where you list it for, you know, $399.9 and then hope to get an 80%, you know, 80 or 90% offer and then sure. you negotiate in between. We don't ask, we typically, when you go in the low minute market of that, you know, that two to 50 enterprise value, most times we don't put an asking price in the company. But behind the scenes, you need to know, you need to be realistic and you need to be flexible about what that price is. So again, working with Cornerstone, we would do an estimate of value for two grand, help you understand what's going on in the marketplace and see if that matches up with your expectations. If it does, great. Continue to go to market. If it doesn't, right. then we talked about what you can do to enhance the value or get you with a consultant that can help you get there faster and expedite that process. If you know if you want to sell the business, but it's again the number one reason why businesses don't sell is price. Is sure. the seller has a price in their head that doesn't match what the market's willing to bear. Right. With our process, we take that out of the equation of well, I don't want to leave any money on the table. Well, when you don't have a price, you know what we do is we package up the company as best we can. We talk to all the buyers that we think should know about it, you know, whether it's a company, private equity firm, family office, or other, you know, regionally, nationally, internationally, and they all kind of come together and, and put an offer in on that company. We're averaging about three to four offers per client in the low rental market. Yep. That's when they're going to know what that price truly is or the value of their company really is. So I would say with the PM price, know what it is before you go into it, because if, if you're just guessing or if you just wait for someone to tell you what you want to hear, you're going to waste a lot of money and a lot right. of time. Go in realistic, but also go in flexible. If you want all money, cash at close, it's it's possible. But again, what? why do you want all your money? What are you not telling me? Why do you want to get out? Most times in our deals, we're seeing 70 to 80% or more cash at close. Okay. You know, We typically don't recommend doing a deal at 30% cash at close and then getting the rest over seven or 10 years or anything like that. We want to get the vast majority of your cash at close. And again, we will get as 
if you say, I want as much cash to close, then that's what we work towards. But knowing that being realistic and having flexibility will ultimately yeah. have, be give you more chance to uh, to sell that company. But at the end of the day, what people like with this price or, or value component in selling their business is the only way you will ever truly know what your business is worth is if, as I mentioned before, if it's packaged up correctly, Right. you talk to, on a confidential basis, you talk to all the buyers that you know about it, and then they compete without an asking price, they compete and they put their offer on of what they think the company's worth. So we're putting the company in the best possible light, all the best buyers are bidding on it. Yep. Then and only then will you know. And that's when we do exit interviews with our clients. You know, they, We say, what did you like? What did you like? What would, could we change? One of the top things that they like is getting those multiple offers and be able to, to kind of go out on their terms and be able to choose which buyer makes the most sense for them because it's always not about price. You know, some sure. want to you know want to protect some of the some or all the employees. Some want to make sure it stays in small town USA versus getting you know rolled up into a you know big city or, right. or out of the state or country. Others want to sell the real estate that they might own in a separate LLC. Some want want to lease. Some want to get out in six months. Some want to stay for five years. All those components go into you know, what's factored into that overall value and, and, and price and by being flexible and by being able to choose who you go with and what makes the most sense for you, they get that peace of mind. And that's one thing that, you know, you can't, it's almost one of those priceless things of knowing that you didn't leave any money on the table. Right. You went out on your terms, you went out on a high note and we're able to maximize, you know, all of your hard work and take that sweat equity and turn it into equity that's really what we try to do at, at, at Cornerstone. Nice. What a great approach. And obviously, it's been successful. It's what you've been doing over the past 20 years. So. Correct. Well, we want to thank you, Scott. Uh, again, Scott Bushke, managing partner and founder of Cornerstone Business Services. We really appreciate your perspective on the four P's of selling a business. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Scott, we talked early on that this is an article that you wrote where, where can our listeners read this article if they have further interest? Sure. So, you know, we write a couple of articles a, a month. So if you go to cornerstone-business.com or, or cornerstone-business.com and then go to our insights tab, we've got articles that we've been writing for multiple years there on buying a business, on selling a business, on how to, you know, on valuation. So you can really get into what you're looking for. And if you have any other ideas or, or questions, you can always feel free to give us a call at 920 920- Four three six nine eight nine zero, and just ask for me. And again, everything we talk about is confidential. I'm happy to uh, you know set up a time to to chat and answer any of your questions on a confidential basis. But again, it's www.cornerstone-business.com. Great, thanks for sharing that, Scott. Thank you for tuning in to the M and A Cornercast. Hopefully, we gave you some insight into the world of mergers and acquisitions. We'll see you back again next Thursday with a brand new episode. 